Glad you're here with us on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. I have a special rip-off alert coming up for you. A new way criminals are getting your personal information from you. And coming up yet later, a lot of talk in the early presidential sweepstakes about college and the costs of it, what to do about that. I want to tell you what one state is up to and where that might fit in the puzzle of college costs. So I want to mention to you that we're in the midst of Prime Day, first day of two, and so far I've not been so jazzed about what I'm seeing from Amazon, but there's a lot of activity from any of a number of retailers. It seems like Walmart is on its best game in terms of offering deals right now. At ClarkDeals.com, we have uh, continuous updates what the best deals are today and what will be available tomorrow through the two-day Prime Day thing. I think it's the first time it's been a two-day And so we've got it divided out by retailers and also by type of item. You can see what would be a deal for your wallet or what's a no-deal deal. deal. Speaking of no-deal deals, buying something you don't need just because you get fired up because it says sale, 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 be careful with that. And with any item that Amazon is pushing or Target or Walmart or whoever, Do yourself a favor and comparison shop that item to see if the deal really is a deal or is no deal at all. Uh, So in the continuing issues with all these speakers, like Amazon has its Echo product where you use a particular word that starts with an A and ends with an A that I will not say because... I then cause people's speakers to start responding, and Google has their home device. Apple has one that hadn't really caught in the marketplace. But all three of these companies have been caught with having humans listen in to what's going on on your home speakers. And there's a big day for sales on, you know, with Amazon doing a big push for people to buy all different forms of Echo devices at special prices as Amazon tries to get into your home so that you'll just talk to the speaker and order things from Amazon right over the speaker. Google's responded with good deals on their home devices, but deal or no deal, because now to find out that all three have humans Listening into conversations without asking for your uh, consent, other than in legal terms, is really disgusting. They all three say that they listen in on your conversations to deal with accents, dialects, and languages to more accurately be able to respond to your queries. What has been disturbing at least in terms of Amazon and Google, is that both of them apparently have been listening even to general conversations going on in households where people have not done a query from the devices. And that is unacceptable behavior. 
And our producer, Kim, has had the best idea all along for this, that if Amazon, Google, and Apple need to improve the AI of these devices so that the responses to inquiries are more accurate, have employees do it and be listened in on instead of customers. And that would solve the problem of you not knowing when they're listening, when they're not. So this goes back to something I said to you when this first came out about Amazon listening in on conversations, is that you probably shouldn't have any of these in your bedroom. And other places in the house may be fine. I think I think the publicity that came out such a large wave about humans listening in is why the sales of these devices have declined. I find that I, I've got the Lenovo ones that have screens that you can do video calls and you can have pictures, slideshow pictures and all that. I, I love having the device. And so I'm not going to disconnect mine. And at least in my case, my life is too dull for anything that I say to be harmful to me. But the idea that one of these companies would be listening in with humans is really off-putting and upsetting. Matt is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Matt. How are you doing? I'm well, Clark. How are you, sir? Great. Thank you. So you have a question that is, I'd say, a blast from the past because it was a time probably two decades ago that this was the number one question that came into our show. Yes, what sir. you got? Um, about three years ago, close to three years ago, my wife and I found a great house. And uh, in the area we were looking, it had everything that we were looking for. We had a one-year-old, um, so we were looking for a good backyard and everything. You know, So everything, every box was checked. The one issue was that it had polybutylene piping in it, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. You are. Um, well, the, the good outweighed the bad by a long shot with, the, with regard to the house, so we pulled the trigger. Everything's fine, but you know, I've, I've heard of, of people that I know having issues with polybutylene piping. Um, so for all intents and purposes, it seems to be a ticking time bomb. My question to you is, what can I proactively do to prepare myself for that issue. It may be a small scale issue or it could be a large scale issue, God forbid. My experience is, is if the pipes burst in your home, that it will be a large scale issue and can pretty much devastate your home. That the right. water damage can be so severe that it can be to a level of damage um, equivalent to what a catastrophic fire would do to a home. So mm-hmm. There are any of a number of companies that will come in and replumb your home, but that's a very, very expensive process where you don't know if the polybutylene that you have will deteriorate. And just for people who are not aware, this was a product that was developed principally by Shell, and it was a much cheaper and easier way to put piping in a home or yard service lines from the water supply into a house and it turned out that the product was defective that it didn't work and so over time it deteriorates and then it becomes that ticking time bomb you're talking about so the alternative to replacing it that's much cheaper is to put in um, what's basically referred to generically as a water alarm there are now 
a number of products in the marketplace, some that are consumer install, others that are really designed to be installed by plumbers, that sense when there's a drop in water pressure in the water line in your home and shuts the water supply off to your house so that the damage that's caused is minimal and it eliminates you having to deal with a catastrophic rebuild of your whole home. I like that alternative very much so. (laughs) And this is something, these, um, these devices, that whenever anyone is doing, let's say, a kitchen remodel in their house or a bathroom remodel, when you're already going to have a lot of plumbing work done in your home, that's a time that you should definitely have uh, the plumber install one of these devices. But in your case, you can't wait for any kind of work in your home. You need to get that installed. Will do. Thanks, Gord. I appreciate it. All right. And I'm glad the house is working out really well for you, Matt. Thank you, sir. Nice talking to you. Nice talking with you. Clayton's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Clayton. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you. You're going to get new wheels. We are. So my wife's car has got about 130,000 miles on it. It's uh, eight years old. We had to replace an alternator recently that was pretty costly. Um, And so we want to go ahead and get her into a new car before something else happens. Um, We are looking into a Tesla Model 3, and I wanted to get your advice on financing. My... uh, my bank is a brokerage account, and they don't offer auto loans. Um, I'm not currently a member of a credit union or any other bank, so I wanted to get your advice on where to shop around for the best rates. Yeah, the lowest hanging fruit is to go join a credit union because okay. credit union vehicle loans are so much cheaper than you're going to find yeah. from any bank. and. The other alternative is if your auto insurer happens to have an auto lending arm, sometimes they'll offer really good rates okay. on loans. Okay, I'll check into that as well. And in terms of opening an account with a credit union, um, what's the minimum balance they would require you to keep to be eligible for a loan? It depends on the credit union. Usually it's uh, $1 to $5. Ah, okay. It's not any kind of large minimum or anything like that but there will be a a number of credit unions you'll be eligible to join in your area and what i recommend is that you go look at their loan rates before you decide which credit union to join because there are credit unions that are borrowers credit unions and there are those that are savers credit unions and the difference is a borrower's credit union tends to offer very very low rates on loans but then in turn can't pay a lot of money on savings and things like that. And then there are other credit unions that are very heavily tilted towards giving good deals to savers and people in their checking accounts, so their loan rates can't be as low. And you'll be able to tell when you comparison shop on their rate screens which credit union looks like it would be the best one for you. Do you know your credit score already? Uh, Yeah, I do. It's... um in the it's 795 okay so you'll qualify for the very best loan rates on that vehicle and that means today rates have started dropping again so with credit unions you'll be somewhere two to three percent likely as someone with really a high credit score okay that's great 
Thanks for your help. And by the way, the other problem with the Model 3 is it goes too fast, and <laughs> you got to be careful because it's a, it's a real magnet for getting a ticket. I will make sure my wife is aware of that. Okay, because uh, it lightning fast and fun to drive. <laughs> All right. So you got you got a, a real exciting vehicle you're about to set foot in. Today's car courageous moment is a special warning for you. A scam that comes to us compliments of a TV station that in California that is getting reports from the police about a fast-growing scam I want to make sure you are aware of as well. Scams, rip-offs, outrages. It's a Clark Regis moment. This is compliments of KION News, and here's what the criminals are doing. You know, many places you use your credit card, the number is captured. Retail, restaurant... Uh, convenience stores, places you're in through a day that you'll do a transaction. So if there is a dishonest employee, they can capture numbers. They have your name, they have your number. Depending on the system, they may only have the last several digits of your credit card number or debit card number. It all depends on the system being used. Or it uh, there's been a problem in the past with people having a reader that they attach to an iPhone or an Android, and they surreptitiously scan your card, getting all the numbers for it. But what don't they have? For a debit card, they don't have your PIN. For a credit card, Visa and MasterCard, they don't have that three-digit code on the back of your card. American Express, the four-digit number on the front. So criminals call you, pretending that they are calling from your bank. They're telling you that your card number is being used in suspicious transactions, and they'll say, oh, your card was used for this, that, this other thing. Did you make those transactions? You're like, no, no, that's not me. Oh, well, we need to stop the criminal from using your card right away. I need, in order to process a new card for you, I need your pen. Or I need the three-digit code, depending on whether it's a credit or debit card. Remember, they already have your number in part or in full. They are then able, if they con that information out of you, to do what they said was already happening, which is to do fraudulent transactions as if they're you. Understand this. No one is ever going to call you from your bank or credit union in possession of your card number or your credit or debit card number and ask you for either your four-digit PIN or your three- or four-digit code from the card. Know that anybody doing that, that's known as pretexting. They're lying. You never, ever, not ever give someone pretending to be from a bank or credit union that information. Because that unlocks their ability to pretend to be you and have a field day buying as if they are you. And Joel, I think we have time for an Ask Clark right here. Yeah, we sure do. Clark Radom wrote in. He said, how does settling a debt compare to paying a debt in full? And which one will help your credit score grow the fastest? Are there differences? 
That is a wonderful question. Generally, the damage is done by the fact that the debt went delinquent. And on your report, it being reported as a zero balance, is only truly for the benefit of what happens later if you are applying for a loan, let's say a mortgage, and they don't want any outstanding balances there that could cause a problem down the road. But as far as healing your credit score, I'm not aware of any of the scoring models that distinguish between a zero balance that's there from reaching a deal or a zero balance that is reached for you just paying the bill that was overdue. Glad you're here with us on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. The disruptions continue for airlines around the world with the MAX aircraft from Boeing remaining grounded, and now it looks like it's going to be grounded into 2020, is there are a number of new issues that have come up with corners apparently cut by Boeing that make it impossible at this point to certify with any confidence that the plane is going to be safe to put back in the air. In addition, um, Southwest Airlines has removed the flight safety cards from a cousin aircraft, the 800 series, that said 800 slash max and put in new ones that just say 737-800 because the max brand name is so damaged And this just in from the Guardian newspaper in Europe that one of the big customers in Europe has changed, I guess with permission from Boeing, the name of the plane to the 737-8200, getting rid of the word MAX anywhere in it because the MAX name is something that is so off-putting now with the issues involving whether the plane will be uh, safe to fly and operate. The reality is by the time that plane goes back in the air, it will have been single, double, triple, quadruple, and beyond checked. And I, for one, will be perfectly confident and comfortable going on that airplane by the time all the uh, safety agencies around the world finally decide it is properly modified, and is safe to operate. So on the campaign trail, there's been a lot of candidates on the Democratic side who've talked about doing loan forgiveness for people with college loans. And I've talked in the past about the problems that have gone on with the existing loan forgiveness program for public safety and public service workers, for teachers and all the rest, that the promises made to them are not being kept by the U.S. Department of Education. People have to make 10 years of on-time payments and their loans are forgiven. But the idea of just blanket forgiving people student loans is something that I find a very uncomfortable thing because it gives a subsidy to people who go to college that doesn't exist for people who don't go to college, and so they're subsidizing those individuals. And so that I'm just uh, not comfortable with in the least. On the other hand, I've been very interested in efforts around the country to make years 13 and 14 free for in-state residents 
at community colleges in various states. Because truth be told, what you used to be able to do and earn with a high school diploma, you can't do anymore. And the equivalent of a high school diploma in the workplace is really two years of college is the equivalent of what a high school diploma was. And so community colleges are very inexpensive to run because the way they're structured from the ground up. And I think states making community college free for its residents for those first two years, I think is smart public policy. And you eliminate the whole thing with the loan time bomb that we face in the country, $1.5 trillion outstanding on student loans. And the state of Texas is doing something different as well. The University of Texas, Austin, which is the elite state school in the state of Texas, is now offering any student whose family income is below $65,000 a year free tuition. And I think that is a great concept that what's happened at many of the most selective state schools around the country is they've ended up schools really just for the wealthiest, the kids of the wealthiest families in that state. And so having an opportunity for someone who might not be able to afford to go otherwise to be able to attend the state's elite institution, I think is a very positive idea. Roughly a fourth of the students, according to the Dallas Morning News, at the University of Texas are people below the income that would make it uh, free for in-state only. All these efforts I'm talking about at state community colleges, state schools are designed for in-state students to try to keep the brightest minds in the state instead of fleeing somewhere else where they might get a better financial package or whatever. Rick is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Rick. How you doing? Hi, Clark. Uh, great to speak to you. I want to thank you and your uh, callers for a wonderful financial education over the years, and it's thank really you. had a positive impact on my life. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Well, like many uh, baby boomers, I'm nearing the age of 70, and how I got to be 70, I have no idea. But I'm starting to think, how am I going to age with dignity, a place to live, and not be a burden to my family? And uh, with that in mind, I went through a presentation of a continuing care retirement community just opening up in my hometown. It's a beautiful part of town. Can I explain what that is to people who are not familiar with that term? Okay, a continuing care retirement community is when you move in as an independent person and you uh, move on to this wonderful campus where meals are provided, many activities, uh, transportation, everything you can imagine. Of course, according to the presentation. And then as, so let's say you should take a fall and you might need rehab. Uh, that's all provided in a five-star service on the campus, all included. And let's say as your health deteriorates, you need assisted living. That's all provided on the campus. Uh, five-star, if you need to move to a different unit, 
They'll move you, everything included, no extra cost. Let's say your health really deteriorates and you need long-term nursing care, all included on the campus, no limit to the number of days. Uh, your spouse is right there with you. Uh, f- again, a five-star unit rated by uh, Medicare. And God forbid you should need Alzheimer's care. That's all included. And, right and by the, the way, these uh, continuing care communities are popping up uh, on either in or on the edge of every major metropolitan area of the country. And if if the one you took the tour of, it sounds like it's one of these, you have to do a buy-in that will usually start at 200000 to, in some cases, a million dollars or more to be able to buy into that subscription of the various places you would live. Was this one with a subscription up front? Yes. Uh, I'm calling, uh, I hope I'm not breaking the rule, from San Diego. And so the buy-in starts here at 400000 and uh, goes up to a million, depending on the type of unit that you choose. And in the case of these communities, the, what that buys you, it's almost like joining a private club. You pay an initiation for the club, and then you pay dues ongoing for, in this case, the level of care you would be getting. Yeah, in, in uh, here, you're, there really is no change in dues. Uh, you, the, uh, after your buy-in, there is uh, a monthly fee, and that starts at about 5000 per couple and goes up depending on your unit. And uh, there, uh, as you progress through the system, your dues do not increase. The only increase you were promised is if you're in a continue if you're in long term care, let's say, and you serve three meals a day, you're charged extra for the extra meals. That's it. That was the promise. Okay, so a few things you should know when you look at these facilities is you're paying that money up front. It's an operation that hopes it can make the numbers work, and. There have been unfortunate incidents in the country where it has not worked and the quality of the care or the ownership change or both change. And so you are on faith paying them in the case you're talking about in San Diego, you're paying 400000 to a million dollars up front. And in turn, they're promised that the level of care and the quality of the facilities will be maintained over what could be your 60. I mean, you could be there um, 25 years or more. I'm 70. I'm sorry. You could be there 25 years or more. Can I get my math right? That sounds about right. Yeah. So you don't know today how well maintained or who the owner is or how good the quality of care will be down the road. So that's the risk you face with the money that you would pay up front. How can you lessen that risk? I had a chance to ask the question at the presentation about, uh, geez, I'm a little nervous about giving somebody a million dollars and not having my name on a uh, title or uh, having actually ownership of something. And I was given an answer that actually made my Clark uh, alarm bells go off. I could hear the sirens going in the background. There were words like trust and you're the beneficiary of a sub-trust. And I'm going a million dollars. I don't really understand exactly what this answer is. Yeah. So the answer you got is a non-answer answer. So 
The thing is, is that with any of these facilities, you have to be wealthy enough that if the promises are broken, you are going to have to be able to say, ah, well, I don't have that four hundred, five hundred thousand, a million dollars anymore. If that's not you, if that would really, really be a catastrophic event emotionally, mentally, or financially, then you should look at alternative facilities, of which there are many across Southern California as elsewhere in the country, where you don't pay the big fees up front, but you pay for care as you go along and you migrate from part of a facility to another based on the care you need. That's the safest way to protect your wallet. And it means that if the quality of the care deteriorates, you're not all in with all that money that you're reluctant to walk away from it and move somewhere else. Dale is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Dale. Hey, how are you today, Clark? Great, thank you. So you are an inventor. Yes, sir. I have uh, invented several little things, but I've never went the, the... I guess, to the far extent of actually licensing it or selling it in a marketplace. But I have a situation where I've come up with an invention and I have a prototype of sorts and detailed drawings of uh, a product that will change the landscape of laptop computers forever. So my thing is that I've contacted a major computer manufacturer and they didn't respond. So then I have a friend that worked there she contacted the person that she deemed responsible for product innovation, that kind of thing. And he didn't respond to her. So, and then the next thing I did is I searched the internet and looked for people who work with inventors and I got some better business. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's not going to work either. And, yeah, right, I want to give you a yeah. third path. Okay. If you have a technology invention that you think is a game changer and would have a great return on investment for investors, Yes. then where you should be looking is doing research on private equity firms that are that specialized, particularly a lot of them are located in San Francisco or in Silicon Valley. And okay. you go pitch uh, private equity firms on what you have, and you got to have them sign a non-disclosure agreement. You'll need to have right. a lawyer and, draw and one up. Non, hopefully non-compete as well, correct? Or yeah, well, a lawyer far? will, intellectual property attorney is who you want to go see, and he okay. or she will advise you on whether you need both a non-compete and a non-disclosure. Um, have you started any patent process, a provisional patent or anything with patenting? Well, I've spoken to an, a patent attorney, and he told me, well, the products I have, it will probably create three different uh, families of products. So he said you'd probably have to individually patent them. You couldn't group them in one patent. And so I would be looking at costs of around $40,000. If the idea is valuable enough, you might have to consider doing that or considering patenting it yourself. In fact, there's a book, I don't even know if it's in print anymore, but you should be able to find an old copy, patent it yourself by a patent attorney named David Pressman, if I remember right. And in fact, I do have that book, and I started an automotive patent years ago, but fear crept in because I was afraid if I made one little tiny technical error, then the automotive manufacturers could copy it and then 
take it from there. So well, then you've got to decide if it's if you want to go the full route of an intellectual property attorney. But the people who are most willing to listen and most want to do well with ideas are these private equity firms that specialize in new technologies that are big operations across California, the Silicon Valley area of California. And that's who you want to get in front of, not manufacturers of computers themselves, particularly if it's a game-changing device that could be three different kinds of things you want to have as much control of that as you possibly can and stay away from any of the invention groups that is a trail of tears and for your wallet too this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance hey listeners whether you love true crime or comedies celebrity interviews news or even motivational speakers you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue right and guess what Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for Clark.com slash ask. That's when you post a question for me and then producer Joel asks your question for you. What you got, Joel? All right, Clark, we got a question from Lenita. She says, hi, I'm a young travel nurse. I travel for both work and pleasure. I've worked hard to get my credit from non-existent to excellent over the last few years. I'm looking now for the best travel credit card for me, and I would appreciate your advice. What do you think? There is no one best travel card for everybody. It depends on uh, one key factor to decide where you start and that is is if you consistently travel on one particular airline then one of the cards issued as a co-brand on that airline would be what you want to look at if on the other hand you are more a free agent you um, fly a variety of airlines you do a lot of your travel by vehicle in or either of those circumstances you want to look at a general issue card The Chase Sapphire line, which has a number of products, is considered to be the overall best in the marketplace for a general issue card and for most people is superior to having a single airline card. The single airline cards, though, that are best are usually those tied in with JetBlue or Southwest. The reason those two are best is that the ability to redeem Points that you earn for free travel is by far the easiest on those two airlines versus any other. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.